Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. Today, you get to hear from uh, someone that I'm a, a fan of. I'm fangirling a little bit. This is very exciting for me. She's almost like a friend because I've tuned into her for, for so long. Is this too young for me founder, Karina Howie? Hello, Karina. So good to be with you. Hello, Neda. Thank you for having me. So first, we'd love to hear the story of how you got started um, on Instagram with Is This Too Young For Me? I love the name. Well, I started talking to myself because you do talk to yourself. It very much feels like that when you go on to kind of socials. And I felt I really was talking to myself because I was too embarrassed to tell any real friends in real life at that time that I was doing it. I felt quite foolish for some reason. I thought, who something around who would want to listen to me. And perhaps there's this fear of failure thing wrapped up. I don't know. I didn't tell anybody I know, nobody. And it was quite interesting how people organically found out, you know, is that you? Are you doing that? It was quite interesting how it all kind of rolled out. But there was something in me that felt a bit silly, I think, for perhaps there's just that part of you that thinks, I guess it's imposter stuff. I have no idea, but I didn't tell anybody. So I literally started talking to myself. And the reason I did it was because I couldn't have a, a kind of a regular job. Mm. And also I found myself increasingly, my little bubble and my world was getting smaller and smaller and smaller due to some of the challenges that we had with raising our daughter, who is now 12. We adopted her when she was almost three. And uh, she has some, she's a very complex cookie too. So putting her first, right, putting family first and putting her needs first, I tried to work in the beginning. I did work in the beginning. I was failing at everything, not sleeping. It, it was too much. So I work had mm. to go, right, because this little person needed me. And then also trying not to forget about my son and my husband and everyone else and me and the dogs and everybody else. So um, work had to go. But I need work. I need the socialization of it. I need the independence of it. Um, and I thought I felt trapped and very alone and thought I need to talk to people, I need to connect with people. And I can't really leave my house at the moment because sometimes I can only grab 10 minutes, half an hour when it suits me, be that 9 a.m., 9 p.m. or whatever. So then kind of talking on Insta seemed to be a really good way for me to just reconnect with people. Mm. And then I thought, what do I talk about? What do I know? I know, I don't, I'm not the expert. I say that all the time, I am, <laughs> I am not a professional. But what I do kind of love is clothes, fashion, skincare, beauty, being authentic, trying to fill your own soul, being positive, seeing the good in the bad. And, and that's literally what I started doing. And then people, we connected and people listen and, and, and I love it. 
you can tell. Yeah, I, I love it. And it's called Is This Too Young For Me? Because, you know, I wear a lot of things that, that genuinely you think, you know, <laughs> that's age 14, you know, that, you know, and, and then it into the, it kind of gets into the thing that, you know, you're in your 50s. There are no rules. You wear what makes you feel good. You wear what makes you feel relaxed, what makes you feel comfortable. I'm drawn to the things that are too young for me in theory. But in actuality, uh, uh, as somebody who has been watching you for some time, it's nothing is, there's never anything that I've thought, what is she doing? I'm always like, how did she do that? Whether it's you've taken something and reimagined it, you you know, I've seen you buy things and sort of like, oh, okay, I'm going to pin it here and I'm going to take the slip out here and I'm going to do this and that. And, and that's part of the fun of what I think you're bringing to so many of us. But it's interesting that you, you know, you said that you love it and it's so obvious that you love it. And it's so obvious that other people are responding to it because, you know, I, I watched I th not your latest episode, but sec I think that the one right before that, when you just popped in to check in on people who were affected by the, the loss of yeah. the queen and what yeah. that meant. And um, regardless of what they were saying, but the way you sort of checked in and the way you were reading the comments from everybody, I thought, oh my gosh, for some people, this may be the only opportunity they have to voice that thing, given their busy day, given their own isolation, given their own circumstances. And so the community, while you intended it to be around fashion and beauty and all these things, it seems like it's it's blown into something so much more than that. Yeah, I definitely feel like that for sure. I feel like these are friends, you know, a group of like-minded people for sure. Yeah. I spend a lot of time in direct messages, a lot of time in comments around the, my posts. Um, and I definitely feel like the majority of us are really kind of kindred spirits. And, you know, it's the funniest thing that so many people say to me, my husband says it to me all the time. He'll look, he'll look on the gram and he'll read through the comments and he'll say, your gang are just the nicest people. And I think mm. that all the time. And a couple of brands that I've worked with have said that to me genuinely. Mm. Your followers are so lovely. And I always say, my followers are so lovely. And I don't know all of them, but certainly the ones that we communicate with and we socialize sure. with, you know, virtually, we seem to attract each other. But you do, you do attract like-minded people, I think, for sure. Yeah. And you do something really special. I think you're attracting that because you are that. You give that first, whether you're talking about fashion or you're talking about something personal. Um, you're incredibly authentic. There's nothing edited about what you offer. You go live. You you even say it's like a podcast. You refer to that all the time. And it's a, it's an unedited piece of your life that you're giving as a gift. So yes, often it is around beauty and fashion and the like. But so many times you you plug in and share something that's really intimate and personal. And so people want to share that with you. Yeah. And I know when I invited you to be a guest, uh, it was after a particular episode you did where you were talking about the complexities of raising your daughter. And I was moved to tears and have two friends that have had really, really difficult situations in their own family and said, I want you to, I know you don't know who this is, but I want you to listen to this person. Trust me. And they were both so moved by it as well. And I said, I have to have her on the podcast. This is somebody who is 
is not only making an impact, but is utilizing everything she has access to and doing something with it. And you were a friend during COVID for sure, uh, uh-huh. to me and so many, I know. Yeah, we all had to be there for each other in that time. And you know, there's a large percentage of people that are raising complex children or also live with mm. siblings, parents that are equally, I see it as people that you love them dearly. And for some reason, whatever's going in that neurodiversity that they have is so demanding on you that sometimes a lot of the time, um, it's very wearing and it can be almost, it does feel a bit like abuse sometimes because of mm-hmm. the language, perhaps the physical stuff that you get and the way that you have to dig deep all the time, because you know, in your heart, they don't mean it. And it, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. come from a bad place. They can't help it. And you have to keep, you have to keep going. And sometimes just going through the motion, you say the right thing, you keep going and it gets to the end of the day and you fall into bed exhausted and you get up in the morning, very often you will do the same thing again the following day. Sometimes it's really, really tough. When I first went on Instagram, I was really quite tearful. I look back at them, I think it's about three years ago now, and I've looked back at some old posts and I, I'm i not a vain person, whatever that is, but I am not. I'm quite happy to go on looking tired, whatever. And I look back then and think I was so my face was really puffy and I'm, I'm one of those people that I will always try and put a brave face on, not a fake face, but a, come on, we've mm. got this. And I think sometimes when you do that, you're almost trying to convince yourself as much as other people. I'm fine. Of course. And actually you're convincing yourself that you're fine, but it's working, whatever you're doing. So when I used to go on originally back then in the days when I really needed that kind of that connection and, and just to be, to talk and, and actually a reason at sometimes to get dressed and put a lipstick on, when you are really quite down and you can't be bothered to do anything. So I look back then and think, I just saw this person and I was my face was so puffy and it's because I've been crying a lot. Um, and I look back there now and think they were the good days as well. And I had really bad days. I didn't even go on the gram. I didn't put any lippy on or, or do lots of facial massages to try and remove the puffy parts. And there's a lot of people who message me and we talk um, and I'm, I actually divulge a bit more personally because from the things they're telling me, I know that they're going through the same thing. So not, we don't get personal about it, but we just, we, both of us, it's a two-way thing. We can talk about how um, difficult it is. And I think you you only know that if you walk in someone's shoes, but that's sure. true of everything in life, right? You, that's true of every single thing in life. You've got to walk in somebody's shoes. And that's why you need to find your tribe and lots of people. If you have any adversity in your life, could it be it could be illness, anything. I think you find someone who's walking in your shoes, find that that club, that charity, that group, and then you know it's the unsaid. You the unsaid stuff is huge. If someone said to me, Tell me about your, you know, your life with your daughter, I would you'd you'd be bored silly. It'd take me months and months and months to break it down over the 10 years. And when you sit in a room of people who know you can take all of that away, you don't need to fill anyone with history. And you can say, oh, you know, someone can say, my son did da-da-da last night. And things that in a previous life you would think you, it would blow your mind that a child could do right. that. And when you're in that room together, you you laugh together, you cry together and you get it. And that's the same for any adversity in your life, isn't it? It's absolutely true. And it, it comes out actually in the way you um, are so balanced. I, I've noticed that when you bring up a subject, a difficult subject, or maybe something, you know, fun and light uh, about a, a piece of jewelry or a piece of clothing, but you 
always acknowledge that there are kind of two sides to something. You're sort of diplomatic in your approach. And I think not only does it bring more people to the table, but it uh, allows people to feel like they matter and they're valued in that arena. Like you create that space. Again, I'll refer to, I think it was the, the piece that you did about the queen and you just kind of really spent time saying, it's really important that we know how to have conversation and how to listen to one another and how to be civil. Um, and it is a lost art for sure. You invite that, you continue to invite that. And so when you're speaking that into people's lives, it's a reminder to everyone. Yeah, that's a, a, that's a really good thought or it's a good reminder when I'm hot and heated about a particular subject or I don't feel like I'm being heard. And so the work that you're doing, the influence that you have, goes well beyond your initial intention. Did you intend to be an influencer on Instagram? Was that the goal? No, not at all. I love it. And I have managed to turn it into a, a kind of career, but that wasn't what I ultimately thought. But what I did, there was intention in it, in the way that I thought when I started doing it, I did sit down and think, what's in it for the person that follows me? What's in it for... Mm her or him or they, what's in it for them. And I really think about that a lot. What's in it for the person that's following me? What's in it for the person that I'm talking to? So, and that's from everything that I do, from talking about moisturizers or, or clothes or, or anything. I'm on holiday and I've filmed bits and pieces. At what point is it sharing and not showing off? I really, I'm mm. really conscious of that all the time. And I think what's in it for my person here? I think it's not look at what a great time I'm having. It's, would you like to come here? Or equally, if you're not here, there's something here that, that might lift you. Just looking at the rocks this morning, I saw this chair and the rock, and it was, a, and it was right at the back near this cave down in the ocean. And there was a, I spotted a chair and I thought, wow, what a sit spot that is. But they're the things that I genuinely notice anyway. You know, I notice things like that constantly. And are able to share it with people. Yeah. I consciously think, what's in it for my gang? When you launched, you said that was around three years ago? Yeah. Did you have an example of the type of influence you wanted to have? Because you are coming at it in such an authentic way. It's not very curated, I would say. Yeah, not at all. Not curated at all. And I really, sometimes it's tempting, to be honest, because you think it would look beautiful. It, your kind of feed would look beautiful possibly sure. brands may like that. You pro Arguably, you would get more followers if that's what you're looking for. You know, sometimes I sort of <laughs> put my face in and think and I'll laugh about maybe some sort of wayward hairs or something or something to do with my eye bags or something. And I think I really like that about it and I'll never lose that. She says, I will never lose that. And I think <laughs> that's really important as well, that honestly thing. I talk a lot about skincare. So I always talk about, you know, injectables and things like that. It's really important for me if I was to go and have some injectables, if I was to have a bit of Botox, I need, in my humble opinion, it's up to you if you have things like this and don't share them, yeah. but I believe yeah. I need to share them and should because I talk about skincare. So I always say I'd be a big fat liar if I said this skincare is doing everything because actually I've got some injectable in my face. So I just think that's from an authenticity point of view, it's so important to do that. Do you feel like brands are attracted to you know that about you. And so they, they don't try and steer you in a very, 
um, brand specific uh, dialogue. They just say yeah. here, enjoy, do what you will. Yes. Do the thing that you're so good at doing. Yeah, definitely. And I get approached by lots and lots of brands. And I, again, I think a lot of the time it's, I love it when a brand approaches me that I know and love already. That really is the mm. bottom line for me. I've got to know it. I love it. I've been probably been using it for years. And then a lot of them, I don't know them. Or for instance, uh, food supplements. I get asked quite a lot to talk about food supplements and I already take food supplements that I'm really happy with. And, you know, I think, well, I'm not going to talk about a different food supplement next week because this is the one that I'm taking. And that's not something that you chop and change every, you know, every, every day sure. you take supplements for months sure. and months. So it narrows itself down anyway. But I also think what, you know, is it a new product? Is it something that's interesting? And that's the things that I like to talk about. I think, you know, you need to know about this. That's the things I love to work with. I noticed a couple of times you kind of went into the home decor area. Is that something that you'd like to do more with? I love it. And I get so many people messaging me about it. I love our house in that it's, it doesn't follow a, a, a fashion. It doesn't follow what is on trend now in home. It's very colorful. There's things on the wall that I've picked up on the beach or my girl has given to me or my son's given to me and my husband and, and Freddie, you know, things that are personal are framed and dotted around. Um, and I share bits and pieces of them that, again, I think people might like to do this. But it's very funny sharing your home. It's a really personal mm. space sharing your home. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I genuinely don't know how I feel about it. I tend to put the kitchen on and sometimes I do a little, like a sitting area. But it's very personal. <laughs> People say to me, do your house more? And I say, well, I'd have to tidy up first because it's a very lived, <laughs> it's really lived in as well. Our home, you know, when you actually film something, it, it might look quite tidy in real life. When you put a camera on it, you know, it's, it looks awful. And I and yeah. I think that if you want to do a kind of house interior account, then um, then you'd have to be really mindful of that. And I, I worry that it would kind of take over and I'd be, don't touch that, don't move this. And I really like how we live. I also say there are so many people doing brilliant interior accounts out there anyway. Sure. But, but I know I do love, so I share bits and pieces because I, it's, I love that your home is an extension of your personality. When you think about where you've come in the last three years and the work that you've done, what do you, what do you see the future of, is this too young for me? What do you think is next for you? I'm kind of just winging it. That's my honest answer. So I don't know yeah. because it's not really planned, but I love the community of it. I often think about a podcast, but then yeah. I like to be on other people's podcasts and I wouldn't do a podcast on my own. I'd like to do a podcast. I'm just being really honest. I'd like to do a podcast with somebody else. So, uh, you know, throwing it out there. And I always think about jewelry, you know, a jewelry brand, something like that. I always think yeah. about that because that's kind of my love. Jewelry is one of my loves. Um, but I genuinely am kind of winging it and seeing where it goes just to be more of the same, actually. I, I really connect with a lot of people and I love it. So sometimes I think I'll do a YouTube channel. But, you know, you say these things like they're easy. I think I'll do a I YouTube know. channel next week. I know. And Instagram is a full-time job. So how I would find the time for that, we'll see. I was shocked to hear that you spend two to three hours on DMs. That's insane. Yeah. And that's like hundreds of text messages a day. And they're all, I don't message back like thanks or I message back like it's sure. a friend saying, 
my son's getting married. I don't know what to wear. Oh, tons and tons of stuff, tons of stuff. And then I haven't really done them today. I've only done about an hour today only. So there'll be three or four hours tomorrow. My gang are so lovely. <laughs> Lots of people have messaged me back and said, go and enjoy your holiday. Don't message me back. And I, I said to, to someone the other day, I can't not do it because they would literally stack up. And then Just that stresses up. me out. Yeah, I know people wouldn't mind, but it stresses me out. There's that one person that's really on their knees and I get the odd one, a really mm. long DM that's double double because they can't get it all the text into one message and it is someone who is absolutely on their knees um, and they're the people that won't message again they're the people that found the courage to, to ping that off and then regret it maybe the next day or whatever and it worries me that they've got lost so every now and then I say I've got to the bottom of my dms if I've missed you dm me again and you'll ping back up to the top because they're the ones I worry about missing what fuels that? Where does that come from? That ability to connect with people on such an intimate level? Like what part of you does that fuel or where does that come from? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, that's that's the honest opinion. It just feels good and it feels right. That's it. You must be incredibly empathetic. Like there must be uh, I would think that your close girlfriends would say, this is no surprise. That's This is who she has always been. And you, it's just this expanded universe that, that gets yeah. to be in relationship with you. Yeah, definitely. I probably am more um, mature, more quiet, less, not crazy, but less, like, less loud um, as, I don't know if that's maturing. I honestly don't know if that's my life having to be more leveled and more measured constantly mm. and going through lots of therapy with my daughter and my son that makes you more of a, a sort of slower conscientiously grounding constantly. So I don't know if it's that, if it's genuinely the world that we live in now is just more of a heavy world sometimes oh. that you feel that you're living yeah. in. All of my mates would be, yeah. In fact, they check on me. They don't message me uh, because they see me every day on the gram. We call it the gram. And I say, I miss you. They say, well, I don't need to call you. I see you every day. And I say, but I don't see you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can imagine that because that's the case for someone like yeah. me who's a, a stranger that it's, you know, you feel that sort of relationship. First, tell me, what did you do before? You said that at some point you had to stop working, but what was it? What was the work that you were doing before you launched into this? I've always been in some kind of customer service-y, sales-y, marketing kind of role, always. I've been at uh, pharmaceutical companies selling heart valves and catheters. Oh, wow. And uh, diabetes machines, all sorts of things. I've always been in a customer service kind of orientated field. I worked for a company where we used, we sold celebrities' um, belongings, celebrities' cast-offs, things that celebrities don't want anymore. They donate them to charity and then they're auctioned for charity. I worked closely with loads of charities and learned a lot about the third sector. And I think when I mean, you get to know and love those charities and what they do, I think maybe that's another stage in a change in your personality um, because it just got this greater understanding outside your world. Right up to the last job I had <laughs> was selling gin <laughs> because uh, a friend of mine had a, a gin distillery and I wanted to work part-time. I needed to work part-time. 
I went to work and literally going to sell beautiful gin into hotels and bars and restaurants and things like that. And I did that a little bit and it was a bit of a freelance thing, but it just didn't work actually. I just couldn't commit to those kind of those routine hours, etc. It's just too much. So I couldn't do that anymore. I can't believe I've forgotten the big one. I used to have a shop as well. No surprises oh. there. Yeah, I know. I can't believe yeah. I've forgotten the obvious one. <laughs> I used to have a shop selling clothes, little lifestyle things, and a huge wall of jewellery. So that's no surprise. With one of my bestie friends, Debbie. Hi, Debbie. We had a shop together in Norwich, where I live. You've actually referenced the shop a couple times. What yes. You'll say, I've, I think I've noticed you'll say, oh, I used to carry this at the shop. Yeah, I'm looking at me and nothing, everything is kind of vintagey, but there are some, and that's a lovely thing. There's a couple of really small brands that we sold in our shop 10, 12, 15 years ago, and I still wear them uh, on the gram and talk about them a lot. And they're really small brands, but I just love them. I feel a real connection with them because I've known them for so long. Sure. So our listeners are going to be listening to this and say, what a lovely gig you have. You are able to talk about some really fun things. You're a bright, sunny disposition who gets to connect with people on Instagram, but you're dedicating at least four or five hours of your day to this per day. Never mind what you're doing with brands and sponsors, you know, people who want to work with you or collaborate with you. Is it all, and this is always a sticky question because I'm, we're talking about money, but is it something that you would do and you, because you started doing it with no real plan or intention of being an influencer, but now you're able to make some money. If you're giving advice to our listener, do you say to her, don't start it for money. It's a really hard road. Or do you say, no, you can absolutely do this sort of thing. Find your authentic voice, find your niche and go for it. And there's money to be made. What do you say to, to the listener who thinks that you have this idyllic platform? That's such a good question. People message me a lot and I'd say, you've got to do it for the love. There are many ways mm. you can make a lot more money than, than being an influencer. This is my opinion. I'm sure there's people making more money than me. You can pay for your time now. Um, it takes over your whole life. You've got to love it. It's not about money. Um, and very mm. often, if you do have a paid ad, um, then that money that you've used on that paid ad that you would probably spend on other things or investigating things or buying products to, tr to test out yourself, etc. Um, so you've got to do it for the love and you've got to be authentically you because I just don't believe you could um, be anyone else for that amount of time and love it either. I mean, I know there are people that are absolute supermodels and so so stylish and photogenic that they can take photographs of e of themselves. Or very often people can work together, which is great if you have a photographer and they can take pictures of each other and go out on shoots and take lots of photographs and be these sort of really curated, styled pages. And I think um, that would be something that they'd probably say to me, that's a whole day shoot, that that's a lot of time, et cetera, and a lot of costing there. And that's something that I could never do anyway, because I'm not a clothes horse. I'm not particularly photogenic. Talking is what I'm good at. I always say that talking is what I'm good at. And I actually get quite stressed about taking photographs of me. I don't like them. I feel uncomfortable doing it. It's the way I am. I've always been like that. I will happily talk 
all day long about whatever you want to talk about. That's my thing, talking and communicating, but taking photographs of myself or having someone else take them, it doesn't sit well with me. So I couldn't have an account like that anyway. I couldn't have a curated, beautiful account because it's just not me. Um, but so I often think, and you know, I'm apologies if I'm rude to anyone that is a curated account because I'm sh- they would put their heart and soul into it. But I always feel like I'm. It's so personal to me. It does keep me awake at night. You know, I, I'll be kept awake at night by somebody messaged me yesterday and said, um, "What's the, the best type of bikini shape?" And sometimes when you go into your DMs and you don't answer it immediately, it just it just disappears. And that kept me awake last night thinking, I've lost that message now. And that lady's going to think that I didn't get back to her. And that's that's just the way I feel about things. So if that lady's listening, sorry, I didn't get back to you. I lost you. <laughs> <laughs> I think no matter how much money you earn, and I don't earn a lot of money from this, I'd say it kind of pays for your time and it definitely pays mm-hmm. for itself. But it's a seven-day-a-week full-time job. And you put yourself out there to be taken down. You put yourself up there to, to be torn down. Mm. You put yourself out there to, to publicly feel foolish. or um, And you have this number of followers too. And it constantly goes up and down. And you can't help but notice that followers drop off. And you think, what did I do? What did I do wrong there? And you don't really know what it is. And you just kind of sure. ride it out. It happened to me the other day. And you think, what did I do and you have to just, I just keep going with who I am. But it's a bit like, you know, I imagine walking into a party and everybody leaves and you just think, what did I do? What did I say? What am I wearing that's wrong? Uh, and it can feel like that. So you have to have quite a thick skin to do it too. Sure. I mean, given your family, I I think you've probably developed that thick skin alongside remaining empathetic alongside being understanding of so uh, uh, of both sides that that diplomacy that comes out and so one wouldn't think that life has readied you for an instagram account around beauty and fashion and all of that but in fact that's exactly what it's done in your case and that's i think part of the appeal have you considered what this platform could launch for you that's next? I mean, you said I'd be happy doing more of the same when I asked you what the next kind of chapter was, but this is setting you up for so many other things. Like you said, you could have a YouTube uh, channel. You could write a book if you wanted to partner with a brand on creating your own product. Like you have that sort of head start. Does any of that appeal to you? Writing a book for sure. Absolutely. Writing a book, 100%. is something that I've got a couple of chapters. uh, I've got an outline for it in my head and I've already started more than an outline of a couple of chapters, but absolutely, yes. And I did intend to um, start on that this week, but genuinely, I've just spent the week with Scott, just been sleeping, Mm. lolling around um, and walking and really relaxing. So, yeah. That I did bring my laptop. It's probably what you needed. It totally was. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who don't know, you had a scare. You had a medical scare. And thankfully, have good news. Um, yeah. And we're so grateful for that. But you were really sensitive even when you got the good news and shared it with your community to say, I know for many of you, you didn't have this day. You didn't have a day where you were receiving good news. 
and and it's all of those things about you that I think have created uh, the community that you have, but also will launch you in whatever's next. And the reason I say that and the reason I ask that question is, again, I want listeners who perhaps will launch into some sort of social media platform for the fun of it, as you recommended, but to also know that it can be, what can come of that is beyond the obvious, is beyond that particular Instagram account. The community you're building, the people you're bringing together, the consensus around an idea, um, a movement, all those things can uh, blossom into something else. Yeah, and we did come here to rest, actually. Our daughter's off school. So my daughter lives in a residential school mm-hmm. because she needs she needs more support than just regular parents. She needs a team of people around her that get respite from each other. She's incredibly demanding. And six six to seven weeks, we have the school holidays here. It's really tough. Scott and I, we tag team, and we are just – it's kind of inexplainable, really, but we are just – absolutely on our knees when she goes back to school and then we always go immediately on holiday and say hi how are you I mean we literally haven't spoken to yeah. each other for six seven weeks when we, when we do talk to each other it's that end of day what happened what happened with that why did she say that what could we have done better what should we do tomorrow so it's handover it's like nursing in a way that you're handing over at the end of your shift so we we do that at the end of the year but yeah I did have a, an extra thing that I had this a boob, uh, a boob job. I keep saying a boob job. I had something removed from yeah. my boob, and it just went on far too long as well. I think what would have been two or three weeks from start to finish, because I had COVID, then I had to delay the op. So it just it, and the worry went on for far far too long, and that's the the waiting is the hardest part. So yeah, sure. and that's the first thing I thought. I and it felt really hard to process the good news thing actually because I think you can't switch off weeks and weeks of worry just like that I think it you know it's a bit like you know being pregnant having a baby you can't nine months of growing this baby you can't just step out of that and, and your old self again it takes another nine months to for those hormones to rebalance out and for you to become everything your arteries to shrink down everything so it was really difficult to process the news of like it's okay and I didn't think whoa um, and start jumping around thinking I was really kind of shocked by it but I also do think that you know, I got really lucky. There's uh, so many women in that room don't get lucky. And I also mm-hmm. think I got lucky this time. You know, something's got to get you one day. We can't live forever. So it's about really, re- I felt really grateful as well. I remember I was talking on Insta stories and I sat outside when I got the good news. I remember sitting outside and just thinking, I don't have a big worry at the moment. We all have big worries. And I mean, big health, when it's a big worry, it's huge financial or your health at the end of the day everything else we all have worries every day but I remember thinking I don't have a big worry a a life-changing worry right now and when we when we have that we need to recognize that and think yeah everything's we think is going wrong at the moment we've got big challenges but right now right now I don't have a life-changing worry because tomorrow you could wake up and and life will serve up a life-changing worry to you. So it's really important to recognize that and enjoy it, I think. In that moment, absolutely. Mm. And a, a great reminder. Do you feel like your community is as interested in things around your life as they are the fashion and the beauty? Do you think that it's equal parts? 
I have no idea. I would have to ask them actually, because often, you know, we talked about earlier about getting it right and wrong. Yeah. Sometimes I'll put something out and, and then people kind of don't respond to it. And you think, is that not what people want? But then sometimes mm. you put something else out on that. You think, is that not what people want? Um, so I think you have to just keep doing what feels good, really. Um, and of course, Instagram changes the goalposts all the time. Yeah. So what did work doesn't work anymore for you. And when I mean work, I mean people see it. It's up to Instagram whether they show you to people. Um, and I, what I do is more lives and longer pieces of content and more connective stuff. Instagram doesn't favor that at the moment. Instagram is very TikTok-y, so it mm-hmm. tends to serve that up more. So um, I always say I'm being punished by Instagram. My favorite thing to do is is live. My favorite thing to do is live to talk to people live. I absolutely yeah. love it. I would do it every day, every day. If I think people wouldn't get bored with me, I would do it every day. I love it. I absolutely love lives. I love the fact that it could go anywhere. I love the fact that it's so stimulating for me. I love the fact that anyone could drop in. I love the fact that people can can make a comment and it's anonymous because no one else will see that. So they sure. can see how they really sure. feel. I love lives. But Instagram doesn't particularly like lives at the moment, but I'll just ride it out because I don't know how to do, well, I do know how to do it another way, but I don't want to. I like to talk to people. We talk a lot, especially those of us who have kids, about the concern around social media, but it just dawned on me as you were saying what you were saying about the lives and people being able to be anonymous. Like, there is no other place in life where we can communicate like that. That's very unique. Um, and we yes. know the the negative side. We know, we all know that. And we know that because people are anonymous, they can often be mean and they, you know, they don't feel like they have to put themselves out there. But in your case, you're getting people to tell the truth. And when they're tell- when they're saying it to you, I imagine when they're even typing it at times, it's reflected back to them. And they're probably able to deal with themselves in a different way. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a real gift. Um, and it's easy to dismiss social media sometimes as this ugly beast. But you're experiencing yes. it as something that's very human and uh, something that I think puts us back in touch with who we are and what's important to us. You are in a unique position at your age to be able to speak about things around age as they relate to clothing, as they relate to beauty and skincare and things like that. And our whole premise is to have women who are 40 plus consider their own possibilities. And by listening to these stories, the stories we bring through the podcast, they get to imagine themselves in these various roles and think about what's next for me? What is it that I might want to put out into the world? Uh, It could be a business, it could be a nonprofit, it could be a social media account. What do you want to say to those women who are listening that it's not too late is what the cliche is, but what do you want to say as somebody who actually launched something post 40 in your life and have seen success? I think that um, it certainly is never too late. And I I think sometimes there's got to be a tiny bit of recklessness that makes you think, yeah, just do it. You've got nothing to lose. And I said earlier that I didn't tell any of my friends that I was talking Mm. on Insta because I I just felt I don't do it. And there's definitely something about, I was in a really dark place with my daughter, just down. And I thought, 
I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do it. And there was that little bit of recklessness that was actually driven by being quite down that made me take the first step. I wish I'd done it years ago, but I had to be really kind of just so down and fed up that I did it. And that was a really good thing. And I always think that's a really great thing that's come out of something that was really challenging. Sure. I would think um, it's never too late. And I would think just just take a little step. Sometimes the big thing is too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, the what ifs, of the 10 years, the, the two years, next year, six months, what if it goes wrong, la, 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 la. You've got everything to gain and very often nothing to lose. So just why not? Why not You know, make a mistake? And it's often that you make mistakes or things go wrong, but it's very easy to change direction when you're already moving and when you're already flowing. Absolutely. And then opportunities come up. But sometimes it's just that, just take that step. They say five seconds of courage or something. Just do it. Go for it. Why not? And you'll never be as young as you are today. All the fashion, all the injectables, all the skincare, everything. We will never be as young as we are this minute. So enjoy the youth that you're in this very minute because we won't have it beyond today. No, we won't. Tomorrow I'm one day older. So do it now. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. We could just drop Mike and walk out now. That was that was an awesome way to tie that up. But I want to say something to our audience who is going to hear this podcast. They're not going to see it until it goes out on our soon to be launched YouTube channel. But you're an objectively beautiful woman, and you said, "I don't like pictures of myself. That makes me uncomfortable." I want to call that out because I think there's something in all of us that feels that way, that has that insecurity, even I'm 54, even into our 50s and 60s, we have those things that hold us back or keep us um, limiting ourselves in some way. And so I just want to call that out, even for somebody who, as you know, most people who would go onto your account would say, oh my gosh, she's a beautiful woman. What is she talking about? She doesn't want to take pictures. But I think there's something really important to understand that we all have that. We don't see ourselves oftentimes uh, as what we actually have to offer or the way we come across. But what is important and what is a value is that we still feel comfortable doing that thing, that we feel like, to use your own words, I can talk. I want to show up and have conversation with people that I know I can do, that I feel comfortable doing. So I just wanted to make that point because I think we all have those things that we're insecure about, whether other people see them or not. Yeah, that's so true. But I think confidence is very wrapped up in, for me, confidence is wrapped up in being confident in what I say, Mm. what I understand about my mindset, about um, things I've learned and are still learning and also wrapped up in being fit and healthy, for mm-hmm. sure. So I think taking a photograph doesn't connect with any of that. It, it's just a very sort of quite superficial thing, taking a photograph. And then I just see all the things that I, I don't know, flaws, whatever. That, and that's sure. in my headspace. A lot of people have said to me, you should work on that. Because um, I was laughing to my friends and saying, I'm obviously in the wrong job. I hate taking photographs of me. I'm in the wrong job. And I've said to other people, I'll do a live it's easier and quicker for me to do a live than to take a photograph. And lots of other influencers, I've met a few, have said, what do you mean? You know, you can take a photograph. I'll say, oh, I guess get so stressed about it. I can't get it right. Sure. I just faff around it. It's much easier for me to just do a live and talk, whereas other people would think, oh, my gosh, I couldn't do that at all. But I haven't spent that much time working on that because I'm quite comfortable with 
not really liking photographs of me, if right. that makes sense. Right. Because I don't think they're that important. And I quite, I still like, we're in a very world of like, best life. I'm living my best life. Let's, you know, right. very sort of show off, like I've got the perfect life and, and right. finding my right angle and making myself look as good as I possibly can. And I still quite like a bit of the humility thing. I quite like that, that humble thing, the sort of like, the not being very vain thing. I still like that. So I haven't tried to work on it very much because uh, I, I don't mind it. I quite like it unless someone asks me for a photograph and then I don't like <laughs> it. <laughs> but it's actually part of your secret sauce. So I wouldn't want you to do away with it. I, I want to continue to hear you in the way that you show up. That's what drew me to ask you to be on the podcast. It's what draws me to go back and listen to you time and time again. But I think it's just important that women hear that we all have insecurities and we're starting something in spite of them. And we, you know, we're going about it in a circuitous way. So I'm going to be an influencer or I'm going to be on Instagram. You turned into an influencer, but I'm going to show up not in pictures. I'm going to show up by talking to people. I'm going to do lives. That's going to be my angle and the way I come at this. Okay. I have to get into the fast five before we let you go and have a lovely dinner with Scott. Thank you, Scott. Buy a gin and tonic on me or whatever his favorite drink is. What practice or habit do you do? And I know that you're very uh, exercise conscious and you put lots of good things in your body, but what habit or practice do you do that you think uh, women over 40 should or could do or something you'd like to invite them to consider? Um, for well-being or style? Anything. Anything you pick. Gosh, that's uh, one of the things I'd like to say to everyone. Find the thing, know the thing that gives you joy and tap into it every day. The little thing, not the big thing, not the holiday, not the trip, not the big expensive piece of jewelry. The little thing you know can lift you. The coffee, I know what can lift me. I can really change my mindset in just 10 minutes of being alone, a dog walk, a pet cuddle, noticing the little things. And, it, and it's that skill of being able to lift yourself and knowing the things that give you joy and lift you. And if you know what they are, you can tap into them mm. at will anywhere. A cup of tea, a coffee, the most underrated thing in the world. You know, at that time, just with that hot drink, just to mm. sit and just be. That can That's better. To do that every day is better than one holiday a year. So that would be my thing. Know what makes you feel good, an achievable everyday thing and do it as much as you can. I, uh, I think th that's so important. And I heard a therapist once saying, the hardest question for a mother to answer is what makes you happy? If you're given a whole day by yourself, what do you do to make yourself happy? And she doesn't know because she knows how to make everybody else happy. Yep. That's what she's been geared towards. So what you're calling us to do is to be super intentional and know who we are and tap yep. into that thing, even if it's for moments. And I think that's so key. Thank you for that. Okay, what's a favorite clean makeup product that you use? Had to ask oh, you that. There's too many makeup and skincare brands out there that there's just too many to mention. But I, if I had to do a clean skincare, one thing I can't live without because I'm looking at it on the on the table over there. That I couldn't travel. I go festivals. I go everywhere, and that's uh, Wellida Skin Food. It's a, in a green tube, and it's a product that does everything. It's food for your skin. 
but that's a very clean product and I just okay. can't live without it. Gives you a glow. It's not makeup, it's skincare, but it's the, you know, it's a desert island thing. I couldn't be without it. Okay, that's a good tip. We're going to have to run out and get that. Yeah. And then a favorite yeah. style hack, something that, and you have lots of style hacks. Like you, you of all people, you're always putting things together that we wouldn't think to do. There's too many again. <laughs> it would have to be jewelry. I think jewelry is the thing that can change anything. I often go back to traveling or being time poor um, and when you haven't got much you know, you match in the bank, if you like, where you haven't got your whole wardrobe with you or you're running out the door in the real world. We like that. And I think that jewelry is the thing that can lift, make, break, change. So you can have a plain T-shirt and you can wear it with a, you know, a diamond necklace or you can wear a huge gold chunky necklace or a really fine necklace. I think jewelry lifts everything and changes everything. I don't know if that's my armor thing, but I love piling on jewelry. I'm with you. I love Yeah. Pile it on and load up. Also, a lots of jewelry has a lot of connection, and that makes you feel good. You know, this this the cat. My daughter found this in a, a charity shop and gave that to me. This is the first ring that my dad ever bought my mum, and my wedding rings. And Aww. I think you know this thing that I think was fifty pence that my daughter found because she knew I would love it. And when you put it on, it's the memory. So jewelry has such a lot of positive attachments to it. Jewelry, jewelry, jewelry. I can't live without jewelry. I love that answer personally, so I'm glad that, to hear that a style expert would say the same. If you were mentoring your younger self, if you had a chance to talk to your 20-year-old, 30-year-old self, what would you say to her about midlife? Uh, well, I would say, uh, and because I, I put myself back there, and I probably thought, I for sure would have thought people my age are just really old, really old, yeah. just so far removed from anything that I could imagine. Um, but I would say I've never felt so at ease and grateful as I have, as I do right now, never. And I think that's a health thing that comes with, I think is most of us, many of us can take health for granted when we're young, hopefully. Not everybody, but most people can take health for granted. And a lot of our health issues are sometimes wrapped up in worry and fear and hypochondria and things because I've had those anxiety related things too. But what I didn't really appreciate was how grateful I would be in later life. Just grateful to just still be here. I'm still here. Mm. I'm still touch wood, fit, active. I can do those things. And I'm just so very grateful. And I didn't know that that gratitude would be there. And that's mm. a lovely thing that I now, I love it. It's the best thing about being older. Gratefulness is a through line with you. It comes up often. You are obviously somebody who's taken a lot of stock in being aware of what you have and and the value of that. It's a great lesson. So we talked about, you know, kind of our goal here at Liberty Road is to get women to consider their possibilities in midlife and to really think about that next chapter and to think about those those dreams and those things that they've wanted to do that they haven't had a, an opportunity yet to do. And I have to ask you, as somebody who's pursued something that maybe you weren't dreaming of it, maybe you didn't know to dream about a social media platform that you could be of influence on, but what has your platform, is this too young for me? What has that done to liberate you? What has that done to sort of um, give you a freedom that you didn't have before? Uh, I think it's the unconventionality. The fact that I can really go with 
my my gut what feels good and mm. really be responsive and be part of something that's the the thing that I love about this compared to anything that I've ever done before it's it's so personal to me I don't I've obviously never worked in anything that's so personal ever that's so life consuming which it is and it and it's it becomes a very part it really does become part of your life and I love that about it because it's just as much as it is really hard work because it is just just thinking about things constantly it's just draining on your brain it's not hard work but it's it's constantly draining but the other part of that that's so positive is, is that it's just part of you and it's all from the gut and it's so authentic i love that i love it and i love that you can like you can use it to highlight things that you would like yeah. to highlight good causes and small businesses, different kinds of brands. Um, and I, I quite like you can tweak away. I mean, I don't eat meat. I wouldn't ever say to anybody, don't eat meat. But I quite like the way that I can talk about things that aren't meat products, just gently, gently, and just maybe eye-opening things. But nobody likes to be told what to do, but sometimes it's nice to say, you might want to look at this, you know? No, absolutely. We're 100% inspired by um, people's stories and the way they live their lives. I've said a million times, we could create a course on what it means to do something new in midlife, or we could tell stories. And every time I believe storytelling is the thing that will motivate people, it will capture their attention, it will inspire them. Even this morning, I went for a run in anticipation of knowing I was talking to you. I was like, well, I have to do something that she's inspired me to do, which is just to take some time to be healthy. So 100%. And I, I want to say to our listeners, you've heard us talk about this platform as it relates to fashion and beauty. But I just want to tell you guys, it is such a soulful time to spend uh, with Karina. And I encourage you to take some time to to log into Is This Too Young For Me? I love the name. Thank you for spending time with us. It's a gift to be with you, to actually get to have conversation with you. And I so appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You've made my night with your kind words. Thank you so oh, much. I'm so glad. And Liberty listeners, thank you for spending time with me and with Karina. And again, it's Is This Too Young For Me as her Instagram handle. Check it out. You won't be sorry. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham and music by Jordan Flower.